Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest who's been on twice before, which was back in May 2020, uh, episode 78, and also again in August 2021. Uh, So just under a year ago, which was episode 162. So if you want to rewind back to um, those episodes to listen, um, and obviously we've got Michael Connett, uh, who's the CEO and founder of Beasley Silver Corp. So if you want to uh, go back and listen to some of those episodes, I encourage you to. Encourage you to. So um, obviously Beasley Silver Corp is a junior mining uh, company exploring and developing and acquiring precious and base metal assets in Mexico. Um, and Michael's a, a young entrepreneur and business person who founded a number of companies um, and also cemented himself as a mining executive with a bright and prosperous uh, future ahead of him. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the companies that he's involved in, um, as well as obviously um, getting an update on Visa Silver um, and also talking about, um, I suppose, the mining market and obviously the, the um, base and precious metals and also probably the, the finance, the financial markets as well um, around I suppose, monetization and, and money. So that's welcome, Michael, to the podcast. How are you doing, Michael? Well, thank you, Rob. It's always a pleasure to uh, to be on the show and I'm um, really looking forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, I appreciate, again, your time as well. So I wonder if you can just give us a very brief overview of yourself for those that um, haven't listened to those previous episodes, um, just so uh, any new people are listening um, can, I suppose, know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the uh, the founder and, and CEO of Visla Silver, and Visla Silver is um, you know probably the most exciting silver exploration company uh, in the world right now. So we've consolidated a very high grade uh, silver district in Mexico, and we're continuing to make very high grade discoveries and grow a very large resource as well too. So Visla Silver is my my um, main job. Um, you know, I, I'm founder and CEO there. Uh, but I also wear another hat, and that's uh, I'm the managing director and co-founder of uh, Inventa Capital. And uh, you, you interviewed my uh, uh, colleague uh, Craig Perry, um, you know, recently. And, and so Craig and I are the founding partners of Inventa Capital, and we uh, incubate and uh, <clears throat> invest in in both uh, natural resources and uh, alternative energy uh, around the world through through Inventa Capital. So just wanted to give us an update on Visa Silver. Um, obviously, we were we were speaking probably nine months ago, eight or nine months ago, or probably a little bit less than that. But I wanted to give us an update uh, on on the company and what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, since um, since late summer of last year, uh, you know, the company has uh, you know achieved a number of milestones. Uh, probably the the largest of which is the maiden resource that we put out. Um, basically, in, in eighteen months of drilling um, at uh, at at Napoleon at the project from discovery, 
uh, we were able to put out uh, over 106 million ounces of uh, combined indicated and inferred um, resources at the project, silver equivalent at a grade of uh, what 348 grams silver equivalent. Um, really quite a, a sizable um, deposit there. And, um, you know, I should say that about 60% of, of that resource was in the indicated category as well. Um, but, uh, you know, this project is just continuing to grow, um, you know, for a company to, to put out a, a resource of that size and, and that amount of time, you know, really is, uh, is quite exciting. So, you know, over those, uh, those months since we last spoke, we've continued to grow, uh, we've continued to grow the resource, we've continued to grow uh, our pipeline of discoveries in Mexico as well. And we're moving very, very rapidly towards uh, creating a very large scale silver producer uh, here at our Panuco district. So, um, you know, that means uh, de-risking the project through um, environmental studies, through uh, all the work that it needs to, that needs to go into um, economic assessments and, and studies to move forward. Um, but really, you know, this year, um, you know, going forward it, it is all about drilling. And so uh, just this morning, we announced a new discovery of, a, of an additional vein in the Tijitos Copala area of the, the, the district. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very high grade. It was over two and a half meters of uh, 3,500 gram silver equivalent, um, you know, some, some extreme high grade there. So, uh, you know, the company and the project continues to um, provide uh, upside and uh, an exciting news flow. And, and I don't think that'll change this year. It'll be a very busy year for, uh, for drilling and, uh, uh, you know, really quite excited about how that looks. Yeah. And have you got sort of timeframes around um, over the obviously next few years as you go through uh, obviously the mining process to production? You know, um, the next few steps here, um, the next major catalyst for us is to upgrade the uh, the resource, update the resource in um, probably the second half of this year here towards the end of the year. Um you know, I'm expecting a, a relatively significant increase in, in the overall size there. And, um, you know, after that, going into 2023, I could I could see that um, the company would put uh, an updated resource together um, from from that uh, second update and possibly include economics around that. Um, you know, we've been doing our own internal scoping studies on how we move this into production. And, um, you know, the, the project features a huge amount of infrastructure, pr production infrastructure, and that even includes an old um, uh, past producing mill that we, we bought as part of the, the transaction, um, you know, power lines, uh, roads, there's 35 kilometers of underground workings there. It's, it's really, a, um, you know, a brownfields district in the sense, and, and we bought all the, the production infrastructure there. So it's, it's really, you know, quite... Um, Quite impressive, both on the scale and then the you know the the capacity for the district to move into production. So um, you know I would expect that you know the company could move very rapidly from the point of putting out economics into uh, into production and and uh, you know internally our goal is to become um, a, a large scale producer. You know our internal goal is twelve million ounces per annum um, at the project and uh, of, of equivalent. And, um, you know, I think this is something that the, uh, the project uh, has the scope to do. Okay. So you've got, you've got obviously by doing exploration in and around where that actual asset is, you feel that you've got 12 million ounces or would you be looking at other assets and resources in other jurisdictions to, to meet that target? 
<laughs> well, I, I think certainly this district here um, at Panuco is, is, you know, it's already on an, on a combined equivalent basis, uh, over 106 million ounces of silver um, in our, in our um, you know, first 18 months of drilling from discovery. Uh, I see this, you know, very, uh, I see a very clear pathway for this to be a multi-hundred million ounce district. Um, and I think that, you know, from what we're seeing on um, underground, um, the potential for underground mines at Napoleon and Tejitos and Copala, we could have multiple phases of mining uh, feeding into uh, something that of, a, of a, you know, at the end of the day, something that could be a 12 million ounce plus um, scope of, of a mine. So um, certainly we see that at the, the district itself here. Um, you know, really it, it's, it's it, you know, if you were um, another uh, exploration company, a venture resource company, um, you know, you would be happy with um, a third of, of the district that we have or, or even less. Um, you know, we have the, the district so big that we've had to divide it into thirds so that we can, um, you know, kind of accurately um, demonstrate it as well as, you know, explore it efficiently. Um, so, you know, we, we really almost have multiple projects within one district. And so the West is, is really where the, the resource sits right now. Uh, we have other discoveries and small resources in the, the central area. And then the East is kind of our greenfields exploration. So, um, you know, between all of those uh, components of the project, I, I, I'm confident that we'll be able to hit that um, that target with production. Um, wonder if you can just highlight some of the, the other companies that you're involved in. I know you're involved in copper as well, um, and and uh, maybe some base metals. So I just wonder if you can just give us a overview of some of the other companies you're involved in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I I. I, as part of Vizsla Silver, we spun out uh, Vizsla Copper, uh, and you know we're very bullish on uh, copper. I, I believe copper price is going to rise. Um, you know, I think it's, it's such an important aspect of uh, um, you know the, the world of of the future that uh, you know we're very very bullish on on copper. And, you know, and that ties into silver as well too. Silver is 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 indispensable, um, you know, for the electrification of the world as well. So. That's our theme at Adventa is, is kind of new, uh, the new energy paradigm. Um, so because of that, we, you know, we have Vizsla Copper as a, um, uh, um, you know, vehicle for us to acquire and invest in, in copper projects, explore. And, and, you know, the goal there is to become a large scale producer as well in time. Uh, we also have another company called Archer Exploration, which is a, a nickel company. And we've, we've uh, made an acquisition of a, a project in, in Africa for, for nickel. Uh, we we love nickel and and targeting nickel sulfide uh, deposits as well um, through that company. Um, yeah, and we've also made uh, an investment and in, and um, have some board representation on a company called Surge Copper, which is exploring uh, for for copper and has a large resource base in in British Columbia as well. So, um, you know, we we um, we have you know huge interest in these metals, and you know, I think uh, notwithstanding this recent uh, crash in the market. The, the future is very, very bright for these metals and these companies. Um, what challenges are you seeing across, obviously, the companies that you're involved in, uh, whether it's supply chain, um, government policies, labour, or even resources? Um, are you seeing major sort of breakdown breakdowns in some of these areas? Um, you know, we are um, in the sense that it's been a bit difficult to, to get some exploration implements that we were hoping to get across the border into uh, Mexico, uh, specifically for Visla Silver. Uh, you know, we were 
hoping to do a uh, airborne survey, electromagnetic survey across the district um, on the back of some very positive ground electromagnetics that we've, we've done. And uh, unfortunately, um, some of the groups that we were contracting from Canada uh, really, you know, didn't have the the scope or the um, the availability of the material uh, or the the uh, the, the um, tools essentially to uh, to conduct that survey for us. So that's one of the you know the big things there. But you know, I, I this this also even just goes down to kind of coming out of the pandemic and and even travel is, is difficult these days. You know, and long lines at airports, canceled flights. You know, I think we're we're really not out of the woods yet when it comes to uh, supply chain and and uh, even inflation led shortages and things like that so um you know it's um it's a it's a new world out there from pre-pandemic um and and certainly we've we've been impacted by that yeah um what would you say are some of the answers to some of these challenges that you're facing around maybe supply chains resources um is there uh, i suppose a common theme that something needs to ch- uh, change to improve all these challenges well, I think you know the answer in all these cases, and and I, um, uh, you know, really believe that entrepreneurship is often the the answer to these uh, these issues. So, you know, I would I would love actually I'd prefer to uh, contract a a Mexican company that could provide the electromagnetic um, survey in Mexico. And you know, if if um, you know I were a, a person looking for something to do in in the mining industry, you know, service based. Um, supply is 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 huge so you know like even you know of course your business with people is people are in short short supply right now it's very difficult to find good capable people and and uh, and fill the roles that are that are happening uh but uh, you know even labs you know there, there's an opportunity for uh new um assay labs um opportunity for for service providers drill rigs providers it's really, you know, I suspect it's going to continue to be a very, um, you know, positive time for for groups that want to do high quality supply to the the mining industry. Um, you know, the opportunity I think there is because the the, the industry has seen just, you know, what, what would it be better part of a decade of underinvestment and exploration. Really, the last time that there was a huge amount of money going into exploration was uh, 2011. Um, 2012. So, uh, you know, it's been probably a better part of 10 years before, um, you know, this, the recent um, increase in exploration spend. And, and from that, you know, you're, you're seeing assay labs uh, being in high demand. There's still huge delays for assays. Um, and then these, these service providers, you know, a drill rig, um, a driller with that has the ability to, you know, provide other types of uh, exploration support and technology would, would, you know, I, th- I think would be quite a successful business right now. Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, obviously, being a, a recruiter, I'm speaking to a number of obviously clients and candidates, and every time I ask them how's business, they're all like everyone has been saying they're busy and understaffed, um, and they're working longer hours. Um, clients are expecting more, but I wouldn't say necessarily they're expecting more. But the timeframes in in which they want something is tightening down. Um, because they know there's going to be delays. So, yeah, there's certainly opportunities for someone to develop service, uh, certain services um, if you've got that entrepreneur mindset and to start a business. Absolutely, yeah. You see that. Um, so what are your thoughts on some of the major, uh, obviously on the major 
mining shares that have sort of lost 20 and 30 percent in more recent weeks. Um, what would you say that's sort of mainly down to? Well, you know, it's uh, unfortunately mining equities are are still equities, and um, you know, despite the, uh, the the inflation hedge that gold and commodities are, um, which you would suspect would 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 be very positive for um, you know the the equities in this in this um, new paradigm here. Um, you know these these equities get sold off in a flight to liquidity, and so you know it doesn't really matter. Um, what the underlying business is in a market crash, um, you know these these companies um, suffer um, like the other equities, like the S and P five hundred, uh, you know, composite uh, companies, and um, you know many of the other equities around the world that have been uh, selling off. Uh, gold and, and uh, commodity stocks are, are the same. Now, I think that creates a, a huge opportunity and quite possibly a, a generational. Uh, buying opportunity here because you know we know that uh, in the last um, three bull markets for for commodities, um, you know we've seen uh, an initial crash and then the um, the equities, the the commodity, uh, certainly precious metals and then copper and, and base metal equities rally um, oftentimes you know five to um, ten times you know in the in the uh, um, you know, after the uh, after the crash, so this to me is an opportunity. You know, Vizla was uh, was a you know in October and fall of uh, of last year was uh, three dollars and fifty cents, and um, you know in this last crash year it traded down to as low as dollar uh, forty five, I believe, and um, today is trading closer to two dollars. So you know there there is an opportunity um, you know to buy these things on these 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 dips, but. You know, I think the 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 value of Visa will be far in excess of that that uh, previous high in, in, in coming years here, uh, even months. But um, you know, it, it's uh, these crashes always create an opportunity, and uh, you know we've seen this before. And and you know the the best part about the mining industry is that it's cyclical. Um, so you know the playbook has already kind of been written, um, where you know. Broader market crashes uh, generally play into uh, commodity and gold stock rallies, uh, you know, going forward. So, um, I saw your recent interview with uh, Jake Ducey, uh, where you were talking about obviously all the money printing. Um, so, with the with that, and obviously with all the debt increasing um, and inflation, which is sort of slowly building up momentum around the world, um, what are your thoughts, um, and what does that mean for um, silver and gold moving forward? Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of, um, you know, what what's leading into this recent crash that we just dis- discussed here is that, um, you know, so after March of 2020, you know, the markets crashed and uh, then they were subsequently buoyed up by uh, basically free money, money that entered the system and went into the checking accounts of uh, people sitting at home who couldn't go to sports games or, you know, were looking for something to do. And, and it became the, uh, the the national pastime to invest in the stock market. <laughs> and despite the world closing down and, uh, you know, despite all those issues created around COVID, um, you know, the stock market saw an incredible rally. Um, and it, uh, you know, it um, was was basically conducted by by free money printing and, and, and inflation. And um, now we're seeing, you know, rates rising. And, um, you know, I think, 
the money, at least the uh, the stimulus has been stopped, you know, to the, you know, the direct to uh, the American uh, people and, and, and people around the world. So, you know, we're starting to see this crash here, um, you know, happen, I think, because we're seeing a lot of that liquidity leave the market because interest rates are rising and, and a little bit of the stimulus is, is um, the direct stimulus is, is uh, dried up. Now, I think that also creates a huge opportunity for gold because there's two ways here. One is that, you know, the, the Fed could continue to print money um, and uh, and they will. And they do that through various different um, tactics, but they could even go back to that direct stimulus to uh, to the population. And if that's the case, that just creates more inflation. And that's very good for gold and silver. But also if they, um, uh, you know, they stop and, the, and, and this um, rate, the, you get the rate hike environment here. Um, you know that also has been very good for uh, for for silver and gold in the past uh, as well too. And you can look back to the <clears throat> the 1970s uh, precious metal bull run for a, an indicator of that. Um, so you know I think there's really you know upside no no matter what here for uh, for these um, uh, metals. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen certainly in my career I've never seen a, a setup quite like this before. Um, you know, for the these metals, but uh, I think this is what one of these kind of uh, preludes to uh, to an incredible uh, market for uh, for these companies, and um, everything is just on a bigger scale now. You know, the numbers are bigger. Eighty percent of the world's dollars have been printed um, since uh, since the twenty twenty. So, um, you know, the scale of all this is, is so much more massive than than it ever has been. Um, that uh, you know, I'm I'm just uh, I'm kind of thrilled to think about what's going to come here. Yes, certainly. Um, and with the with sort of gold below its all time high, um, and silver half of its all time um, high as well, um, and severely undervalued, uh, in my opinion, what is the catalyst for precious metals to sort of build up momentum uh, for their prices, obviously to to increase? Well, I think we'll need to see a little bit more of a uh, crash or, or more pain in the uh, the uh, the you know broader U.S. markets. I think that will have a, a significant influence to uh, on um, on precious metals here. And we're starting to actually see the early sides of that, which is you know the, the indications of stagflation in um, in the U.S. Um, you know this has been a, uh, a record-setting recent record-setting um, uh, consecutive negative days on the S&P 500. Uh, I think it's it's almost going to break the record from 2001. So, you know, this is this is um, pretty serious, I suppose, uh, and something that we haven't seen in a long time. But I think there's still more pain to come uh, from the overvalued kind of uh, broad market equities that, um, that have been really performing well for the American public and, and the investing public worldwide. So, you know, this type of thing always... Uh, leads to a rotation into precious metals. And so I think, you know, if there is further pain, um, we're going to start to see these, these gold and silver equities kind of bifurcate from, um, you know, from the overall equity sell-off and they'll start to appreciate in value uh, while these other uh, equities go down. And, um, you know, I think that will be that, that big narrative shift for precious metals. And I think that's coming, you know, quite imminently here. So where do you see ourselves in the, the cycle at the moment? Uh, you know, looking back to to other cycles, you know, if you remember from 2001, um, you know, onward to 2008, and then, and then you know, really peaking out at 2011, 2012, 
Um, you know, I think we're in that that early 2001 uh, era here. Maybe maybe a few years past that, as you know, we've had some positive uh, price movements in uh, you know copper and nickel, and we're starting to see some M and A transactions, but it hasn't really been um, that that prevalent uh, across the you know the um, the industry, and it hasn't been at, at crazy premiums and things like that. So I think we're very early in this cycle. Um, I think what it takes often is, you know, the well. I, there's a couple of things. One is that we haven't seen the uh, the inflows into uh, metals and mining funds that you'd expect to be later in the cycle, and we haven't seen any kind of real generalist in, interest in these uh, these equities. And those are both indicators that we're we're very early. And I was at a, an institutional conference uh, earlier this week, and um, you know there was actually a couple of interesting groups there, but you know it wasn't um, you know the big uh, generalist funds that you see you know, later in the cycle. So uh, I think we're very very early. I think we might need to kind of take a, a different approach to it this time, and and be clear as a mining industry that we're not junior miners and we're not um you know polluters or serial polluters and you know what we are is really um venture capital for uh resources that are needed for the electric vehicle revolution um you know for batteries for technology um you know i think it's it, it, it's unfortunate because you know what we are doing and, and inventa you know what we're doing is providing you know the elements that the world needs um that's our that's our our mission statement we do that through exploring and, and uh, later producing these these uh, metals and uh, and minerals, um, as well as other elements uh, like carbon and um, offsets there. And, and you know, I think what we really need to do is is uh, kind of frame that in a way that appeals to the um, uh, the broader market and, and the groups that were interested in. And investing in GameStop and uh, you know things like that because it's uh, it's really quite important that uh, um, you know people understand that we're not uh, just digging a deep hole and and uh, you know raping and pillaging the earth. It's uh, it's really a an ESG um, friendly way of, of providing the the metals that uh, that the world needs. And you know without those, uh, the solar panels don't work and the Teslas don't drive and you don't get power to your house and, and, you know, it's windmills don't turn. It's, it's, it's so crucial uh, yet. So hated still. And uh, I think that'll be key for, uh, for us moving forward in, in, uh, in this new kind of uh, new energy um, uh, world that we're seeing. When, when, when do you think you'll see these bigger financial institutions that I suppose not necessarily um, experienced in the mining industry? When do you, when do you feel that they will start coming into the industry and obviously the, the bigger money coming, coming in. I think one of the important um, aspects of that is going to be uh, some of these, these car companies and, um, you know, uh, downstream uh, users of, uh, of materials coming in and showing an interest in, uh, in being involved earlier on in the, in the, in the supply chain. I think that'll actually, you know, be a catalyst there. But also, I, I do think it, it's just really as a matter, it really has to do with the, um, you know, the prices of the commodities. And once we see gold break uh, all-time high again and, and move up and silver, you know, move past 30 and copper continue to move up and, and you know, nickel is, is in quite high demand because it's had a you know, drastic price movement. Um, you know, those price movements often 
bring in a lot of uh, attention from the generalist uh, investors. And, um, you know, I think that could be, you know, a year out, it could be sooner and it could, um, you know, it could potentially be a little bit longer, but uh, I do know that it's coming because it's, um, you know, in essence, it's an inevitability. Um, what does it mean to be referred to as a mining millennial? Yeah, no, that's, that's um, uh, you know, a good question. And it's, it's something that I think, you know, what we, uh, the way that we look at that is that, you know, it, it, it's bringing a different approach to how we manage companies um, and, and how we bring um, kind of alignment and, um, and ESG into focus for, for our companies. And that's not to say, and I made this argument before in, in other interviews, you know, I think uh, it's kind of funny that, that ESG is becoming so much more topical across uh, all these different companies because it's something that, uh, that um, mining has always had to do. It's always had to work with communities and without community buy-in and, and uh, alignment with communities, you know, it's very difficult to, to operate a mine. And, you know, I could probably count, you know, a handful of different operations that are excellent, excellent mines, um, even just in BC that uh, haven't been built because of uh, poor communication and poor alignment with um, uh uh, you know, community groups in, in affected areas. So, you know, from my perspective, the mining millennial, um, you know, title, I think is, is just taking another approach at how do we um, find and provide the, the elements that the world needs in a way that, uh, that fits in this, um, uh, you know, fits in this um, uh, worldview and, and this, this era and time here. So it's, um, you know, it's alignment with communities uh, it's also, you know, how we operate and, and manage our companies as well, too. It's a little different than, um, than than years past, I would say. Yeah. Do you, and I just, I've just thought of something, do you think the uh, emphasis on ESG and obviously there, there is a lot of talk around the mining industry and a focus on ESG, do you think that is because they want to improve the branding of the mining industry to the, the the greater to the world basically so if they if they're going to keep talking about ESG and how sustainable and um and obviously governance and all, everything that's involved in ESG is that to get give the mining industry a better image and branding for people outside of the industry if it's always been spoken about yeah i think that's really important because you know i've had these these interesting conversations with, uh, you know, with young people, people that are, you know, 19, 20 years old, 18 years old that are, you know, leaving uh, high school and going to university and maybe just haven't had a lot of, I guess, real world experience um, in industry or, or, or in the careers yet. And, you know, they don't, you know, even if we talk about ESG and, you know, oh, it's, it, what we're doing is good for the community and what we're doing is, you know, it's good for the, you know, the environments in which we work in and, and we're providing metal that's so important for, um, you know, even just the, the lifestyle infrastructure that these people enjoy, you know, they still hate it. Uh, it's still a hated industry. They think that we're, you know, destroying the earth, um, you know, digging holes and, you know, killing the, 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 the environment there. But, um, you know, there is a huge disconnect between what, um, well, the the luxury, not even the luxury, it's just the basics that the world enjoys because of metals and minerals. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the need to bring on new mines in order to meet the supply that's created by, you know, that growth of, of uh, 
uh, of those basics. So, um, you know, ESG, I think, is going to be an important way to uh, communicate you know, what we've already been doing, which is those, you know, shared values and, and creating, um, you know, the, the elements that the world needs. But, um, you, you know, I think we need to do a job as a, as a, as a mining industry to communicate that across the, uh, um, you know, to the, to the mainstream and the secular audiences, which I think is, is um, you know, something that we're missing right now. And lastly, um, what's the outlook for Visa for the rest of the, this year? Uh, going into next year, and also the outlook for Michael as well. Yeah, well, well, Visa, we're going to continue to drill, and um, you know, we've got uh, uh, the largest uh, exploration program in the world for silver right now at our Panuco district. So it's going to be uh, continued um, drill discoveries and uh, and resource updates, and 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 uh, as I said, moving all those uh, uh, pieces of of information that you know, the drilling gives us moving that into a resource, which will then, you know, progress into a mine plan and, and eventually, um, you know, large scale production of silver, um, you know, at the Panuco project. But before that, it's just going to be, you know, continued steady stream of positive news from, from the project and exploration. Um, and then, you know, for, for myself, it's, you know, uh, continuing to, to help build and incubate the companies um, under the Inventa portfolio and, you uh, uh, you know, incubating uh, great entrepreneurs and great ideas through that uh, um, through that company. Yeah, well, I know you're a busy person, so um, wish you well for the rest of the year, and um, really appreciate your time in sharing your uh, uh, give us an update on Visa, um, and also obviously your thoughts around topics like ESG that we've just spoken about. And I know you're always thinking up new ideas in, in which to improve things and obviously help and mentor others as well. So I know you you do a lot of that. So um, really appreciate your time. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions um, or want to check out Wiesla, um, what um, wonder how they go about doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our, we're, we're available on, um, you know, Twitter and, and social media like that, Wiesla uh, Silver Corp. And then Inventa Capital. And then, you know, our websites are visalsilver.ca and inventacapital.ca. Okay, no worries. Um, really appreciate your time, Michael. Uh, thanks again. No doubt we'll um, we'll speak again later this year or beginning part next year for an update. Um, and the, for those that are listening, hope you enjoyed this episode. Please keep um, uh, sharing this episode amongst um, others in the industry and also even people that you know um, outside of the industry and obviously friends and family um, it's good to get others outside of the mining industry just to understand what mining is about uh, because it it isn't it obviously it gives there is a bad image of mining out there being dirty and and whatever but it's not that so i um, appreciate if you can keep continuing sharing this episode um, and obviously your continued support so until next time happy mining Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.